Hello world, it is Monday, March 15th. My name is Colin. I am joined by my co-host, Kenny Friedman. This is Hacker News GLDR. Kenny, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Monday morning, had a, had a pretty nice weekend. I was, you you know the uh, the movie Avengers? You, you heard of the, uh-huh. the Avengers well, franchise? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. You were, I feel like at one point you were telling me something interesting about like the Falcon. Is there something interesting about him? Uh, beyond the fact that he has metal wings and is awesome. About like, yeah, I, I can't remember actually what it was. I feel like you were particularly mentioning the Falcon. Well, anyways, I have a great story about the Falcon. I was walking down. Well, first of all, do you know who plays the Falcon? Anthony Mackie. And do you know where he lives? I have a guess, but I'm inferring based on context clues. Is it he lives New in New Orleans. Orleans. Oh my God. So I was walking down. We were A couple of us were walking down the street just like on a walk in right near our house here. And there were three guys hanging out and they all were like just hanging out and just split up and went into their cars. And one of them said hello to us. And then we passed them. And then two people in our group turned around and both went, I think one of those guys is an actor. And the other one goes, I think that was the Falcon. (laughs) (laughs) So we just like, we apparently live like two blocks from the Falcon. And he just like happened to be like going into his car as we walked by. Oh my God. And we didn't say hi to him. We said hi to his friend. Right. (laughs) But he was there. (laughs) Wow. You really know how to make me feel jealous of not being part of Covilla. (laughs) <laughs> way to go and this is a, a prime time to be meeting anthony mackie because his new disney plus show the falcon and the winter soldier debuts march 19th this friday we are not sponsored but i just wish we were <laughs> maybe i could go over to his house and watch it with him oh man if you do that just don't send me photos of that because i'll just <laughs> die of jealousy <laughs> Oh my gosh, I thought that was so funny, especially because nobody here likes the Avengers or like is into the Avengers. So it was wow. like, oh yeah, we saw a celebrity. We like we think it's that guy. We weren't sure. There was a long conversation about whether it was really him. Wow, I'm immediately cured of my jealousy now that I remember <laughs> how awful everyone is that you live with. All right. Uh, they listen to this, right? Sorry. Oh, absolutely. Advanced. They do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys are great. Uh, just a little okay. taste and, uh, you know, then um, I'll consider rejoining. That's it. What's on Hacker News? Oh my gosh. Well, I cannot skip over the story about Twitter this weekend. If you were on Twitter this weekend and you mentioned the city of Memphis, you were banned. (laughs) You were suspended from Twitter for typing M-E-M-P-H-I-S into Twitter at all, no matter where it was in the tweet, no matter what you did. Truly one of the greatest bugs ever to exist. Apparently, you saw the the reason why this is the case, that people are hypothesizing? I didn't get the confirmation, yeah, but I did hear that the hypothesis was that it was like somebody was getting doxxed or there was like personal information with an address, but they only got a portion of the address. And so only Memphis was targeted as the keyword. A soccer player named a soccer player named Memphis DePay, oh. who in a bunch of his personal information was was getting leaked, and so Twitter like not like found this, it was trending or whatnot, and so they started like cracking down on tweets that were uh, divulging or like retweeting uh, any of this like leaked personal information of 
uh, Dutch professional footballer Memphis Depay. Incredible. Uh, so good. And on the AGN comments, of course, uh, a lot of the, the comments are like, oh, yeah, the story, which is called, you know, uh, tweeting Memphis auto locks your Twitter account. Uh, this started trending on Hacker News. And, you know, so like 50 different people who run Hacker News Twitter bots were all like, came here to say that my bot just got auto banned because it retweeted this story. Thanks, Hacker That's News. That's so funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Uh, right under that, or something that was on the front page around the same time, uh, is being salaried a scam. Uh, you know, it's a debate that we've had before, and uh, it looks like what everyone agrees with me. And so the answer is yes. And uh, that's all wow. I have to say about that. Wow. Salary slave. Hashtag salary slave. <laughs> what should be done about that? Uh, well, I think we should all move to uh, the new Medellin. Spain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Medellin. <laughs> I was going to dovetail perfectly into another Hacker News story. Oh, please do. (laughs) Uh, Spain is now launching a modest trial of four-day working week, uh, which is something that was on on the front page uh, earlier today. uh, It is a very modest trial indeed. Um, I guess they're putting a $50 million budget towards it. And the idea is interesting but a little weird, which is basically... Uh, you know, companies are able to opt into this. Uh, they they obviously have to then allow their workers to only work four days a week. And the budget here from the government is to cover like all of the costs uh, to the to the companies. So like because you know the companies aren't able to reduce their salaries, but they guess they get less work out of people. I guess like they're able to somehow quantify the amount of like lost value, uh, and then the government just like fills in for that, you know, we'll just like pay them whatever loss of value they've encountered, which uh, I guess it's wow. weird. I guess it seems like a kind of simplistic way to go about it. And, you know, I guess it makes sense for trying to de-risk this initially. Um, and then they kind of like slowly wind down the amount uh, of these like subsidies that come in from the government. So it's 100% of costs are covered the first year, 50% the second year, and 33% the third year. Um, I guess I... Uh, would hope that you know companies would just be incentivized to do this without being just given lots of money right. by the government. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm curious. Like it seems like that would skew the results of this somewhat. Right. Yeah. As a pilot, but uh, well, apparently Spain uh, has something of a, uh, you know, they they were like among the earliest countries to switch to the eight hour work week or like work day rather, like over a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you know there's some interesting. Uh, information in this article just about like the kind of progression of the uh, work week reduction movement in general. So it's a good read. Interesting. Good luck to them. I hope that works out. <laughs> All right. Another, this, this one, this is one of those really frustrating computer science things. I don't know. Have you, did you see the article about uh, compression on uh, no. Mac OS tar versus Python tar? Okay. Let's play a game. The question is, if you try to compress something using Python's tar library compared to just compressing it with on like natively macOS's tar library, yeah, yep, uh, it's fifteen times. This this person ran into a scenario where it's fifteen times smaller if you use Python's tar library. So what he's what this person is compressing is uh, like one one point three gigabytes of information 
and in the information there's like uh, a thousand json files and when when they try to compress that thousand json files it's 15 times smaller if they use the python one insane what is what is the reason oh man I now no idea it's it's even once you hear the reason it's it's hard to even imagine the reason is the reason that they think that the the top answer here so far is that the python tar library is sorting the files that are being compressed by default whereas the mac os one doesn't sort by default sorting the contents of the files or the sorting the files what okay so so i mean this is just this is just so frustrating to even read about so it's it's like apparently a hack in compression to do sorting based on the files because this person what they're trying to compress is like streaming data in json format mm. so if the files are so and the data doesn't change a ton from file to file so if the files are sorted it's much easier for it to compress it because there's very little changes file to file whereas if the files are unsorted there all of that good compression mm. stuff uh goes to waste fascinating just because the system is enabled like it, it helps it if the data is kind of arranged in some sort of linear way that makes it easier for the system to identify the like temporal patterns in it exactly yeah wow. and pretty insane this this uh hacker news thread got like 500 points and there's like very the it, it links to a, a stack overflow uh, conversation, but also yeah. the conversations on Hacker News are pretty fascinating. Of just like people talking about little compression hacks. Some people <laughs> were saying that like if you if you sort by if you reverse the file names first, that's also a good hack because then you're grouping uh, files with the same file extension together. <laughs> oh yeah, oh man, Hack compression is yeah. like <laughs> true dark magic. It really is. It's crazy. I was listening to I've been listening to the Syntax podcast, which is a pretty good like web development JavaScript ecosystem kind of podcast. And mm-hmm. uh, they did an episode somewhat recently on the AVIF uh, format, which is like a new image format that uh, yeah I feel like it was like a year ago or less than a year ago that the WebP format kind of like uh, was finally supported by Apple, and there was kind of like a bit of you know fur uh, around it. You know, people were excited. Yep because it was going to be like you know, replacing JPEG or PNG or whatever. Uh, yep. But, you know, it took like 10 years from uh, between when Chrome supported it, like forever ago, to uh, when Apple supported it, which is why it's finally kind of cropping up more. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, AVIF just launched, and it has like support in like Chromium and Firefox. Um, but then like the little like note at the end of this article was like, or at the end of this podcast was just like, oh yeah, and we can kind of expect Apple to implement this uh in like you know seven to eight years <laughs> and then it'll become uh become useful again so i was all ready for this to be uh an anti-apple story where apple like did the tar compression wrong or refuses to use the modern version of tar that like google has been developing or something or other <laughs> good to hear it's just about file sorting i mean just obviously devastating in other ways but yeah 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 devastating for our understanding of computers. <laughs> uh, there's something that is a little meta, which uh, it's always good to learn new secret things from the depths of Hacker News. Uh, there was an article 
you know, uh, just a link to another HN post from 2009, uh, which is basically uh, something posted by Paul Graham, which is uh, there's a, if you go to Hacker News website slash Combinator, news.ycombinator.com slash classic, you see a new version of the homepage uh, that is only factors in the votes from accounts that are more than a year old. I was not aware of this. Did you know this? I didn't know about this either. I did see it, and then I kind of thought about it for a second, and I figured, like, it seems like uh, Hacker News is so good at spam prevention in the first place mm-hmm. that, like, it's. I feel like it's really never going to have a big difference or not even capable of having a big difference because there's no way, like, a bunch of brand-new users can really come in and, like, spam something to the top. Yep. At least yep. from my understanding. I think that is entirely true. I think it's it's notable... Mostly because of how similar it is to the actual homepage, which is like very slight uh, differentiations. I feel like uh, it, this was especially interesting just because of some of the stories in the comments uh, about like, you know, different like Hacker News lore. Uh, apparently back in 2009, which is around the time that this uh, like Hacker News classic was introduced, uh, like there was this big influx of new users to Hacker News and Paul Graham was concerned about the quality of the new signups. And uh, basically he like told everybody to go like to start posting like obscure technical articles about Erlang uh, instead of just like <laughs> random like feel good stories. And so for the next like uh, several weeks, <laughs> all of Hacker News was just these like obscure Erlang stories uh and then to the point where hacker news or like paul graham had to recomment like okay okay enough erlang submissions you guys are like the crowdsourced version of one of those troublesome over literal genies uh <laughs> and i just think it's incredible that uh you know this these early hacker news lore is just uh wild that's pretty funny yeah it's uh i clicked i i read through some of those comments from from 2009 and it's it's crazy that YC has or uh, Hacker News has been going on for that long, and it's just basically the same. I know. And in all that time, we're somehow the people who have the premier, longest-running Hacker News <laughs> podcast. What, uh, what a weird world. Wild stuff. All right. Well, that is all we have time for today. See you tomorrow, folks. See ya.